Wall Street likes to say, as January goes, so goes the rest of the year. And with the soaring markets that we saw in January, a lot of people figured we would have the same in February. However, that was not the case. We have the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is down 4% for the month of February. It's now down 1% for the year. S&P 500 was down 2.5% for, for the month, and the NASDAQ was down 1%. So what's going to happen for the rest of this year? Who knows? But we're here to try to answer it and figure it out for you. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. I got a It's freezing out here. It is freezing. You're getting some, I guess, that snow that happened in Southern California as well. But we have a very special guest from a very cold climate. Nicole Middendorf is joining the show again from Prosper Wealth Financial, located in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Nicole, I have one question for you. This is the only thing I want to ask you for the whole show. Where is Minnetonka, Minnesota? <laughs> you, you haven't heard of Lake Minnetonka? You know, Prince? Yeah, I'm not Prince. familiar. The song? You've never the heard Prince. of Prince song? Oh, I, I heard of Prince, but not, okay. I'm not familiar with the song. Well, well, that's Lake right. Min- he is from Minnesota. That's okay, right. Okay. Well, the other thing, the Vikings got in trouble big time for a cruise that they had on Lake Minnetonka. So maybe oh, that's right. what you. <laughs> it's the it's the most, in my opinion, the most gorgeous. It's the largest lake in the Twin Cities, and it's okay. Just- but, but Minnetonka. Let me just cut to the chase here. Have you been <laughs> to Beverly Hills, California? Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. Is Beverly Hills, Minnesota, uh, and it's uh, well. There's Wyzetta, which is yeah, Wyzetta, right, right next to Minnetonka, which is where I live. Which supposedly, when I so I used to work at Morgan Stanley in Wyzetta, and when I was there, they talked about it was like the number four, like top, like per capita or per person or something wealthiest yeah. community. And I don't know if it still is, but yeah. Well, it sounds like a place. It definitely sounds like Toby's type of place, and I'm sure he has. A, one of his yachts, a USS Toby on that lake as well. <laughs> so, so Nicole, it's great to have you on the show because especially today we had Target, which is based in, in Minneapolis. They, they reported their quarterly earnings today. They surprised to the upside. Really got a lot of people a little bit nervous, though, because here we were really expecting retailers to not do as well, only because we were hoping for a little bit of weakness for the consumer. And it's just not showing right now. What do you think, though? I mean, what are you what are you telling your clients? I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of questions after a down month like we had in February. What do you think for the, at least for the next few months or the remaining part of this quarter? Well, we're doing a lot of four percent three month CDs. So makes sense. I, you know, I'm always an optimist. Um, but we're doing a lot of three month CDs at 4%. And, and with Target, I mean, I, I feel like people are out shopping, but they're not necessarily buying. Um, I was at the Mall of America with my son um, and it was, the place was packed, packed yeah. but it was packed full of people. And they now institute, we've had unfortunately too many shootings. They've now instituted a new security policy to get in there where wow. they had it down. Um, but there were the place was packed, but pe- a lot of people didn't have bags. Yeah, and you know, Target, of course, you're gonna go in with your list of four things that you plan on buying, and you walk out spending more because Target those are more the necessities. So I people feel like I see people are still buying stuff that they have to have, you know, groceries, your supplies around the house. But at the Mall of America, you know, they're not necessarily buying those extra things that that they used to. Yeah, we well, got Brian, that out of, Todd, we got that out of Lowe's, we got that out of Home Depot, we got it out, yeah. of, out of Walmart, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, you know, maybe I harp on this all the time, but 
People don't quite realize in the United States that, you know, close to 72% of people, households, live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, one person gets laid off and it's an economic disaster. Then when uh, service wages have gone up, uh, uh, you know, over the last six months, which is, you know, great for them, but their prices have gone up faster than even the wage inflation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a normal human instinct and behavior is to hunker down. We're not buying the three dollar uh, Celsius cans. Uh, we're staying with the Diet Coke for the three dollars. This thing costs you can get six Coke, you know, that sort of bit. And, right. uh, you know, that, that should be expected. It's it's the trade. down. I look at more at Walmart uh, coming out and saying, hey, gosh, our sales are up and our profit margins are down 20 percent because what they're basically is buying food and the hundred thousand dollar income households are that are shopping at Walmart for food. They're not walking out with, you know, a, a brand new uh, golf set or, or new clothes and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that's natural, right? Because what, yeah. what do we know? I mean, all we know is the prices keep going up and we know we have 10 jobs for every, you know, five people available, but we're sort of peaked out and the GDP and uh, people who are price sensitive at the margin. Right. You know, well, target, what, the, what the target analysts call, they did bring that up, how they had more consumers that were buying from the grocery area, including the beauty area, but that other area where it's the coffee machines, maybe the carpets, some of the um, the, uh, the the group down in um, Waco, I forget their names. You know that the Magnolia people. They you know they have all the the higher price items that are there, and people just don't have that discretionary income uh, that they're spending. I think the the issue though for a company like Target is mainly because they had had discounted so much because of their excess inventory. And that really did help their earnings. It actually they had three straight quarters of missing Wall Street estimates. They finally beat it, but I think a lot of those numbers that came in were from the excess inventory, and they had discounted it so much. But those revenues were coming in, but those margins aren't going to continue to be squeezed. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, Nicole doesn't spend much money on beauty products, but I do, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you can't beat the you can't beat the makeup prices at the Target. It's just it's it's, it's hard to it's hard to beat. But um, well, you know, with their partners with their partnership with Ulta, like yeah. that, my yeah. my daughter like just raves about that. So. Yeah. And that is that's a that's a winner for them, yeah. no mm -hmm. doubt about it. And plus, it it feeds into having having drawing in uh, mm -hmm. consumers. And let's be honest here: the the woman of the household tends to be the accountant of the household. So you know, whatever uh, if they're going to be the first ones to be dipping into that discretionary budget anyway. Um, obviously, they want to you know take care of little Johnny and get him clothed. But I'm sure there's some extra dollars there, Toby. I'm sure this doesn't happen in your household. But um, most households in America, I you know, think between the, the, the three houses on our cul-de-sac, I think Amazon just parks a truck here and <laughs> and they hand off all the stuff. And then because I've seen four, including me today, like four Amazon deliveries. I mean, you know, that, that's the reverse of it. Also, that yeah. convenience is fantastic. Now, Target has, you know, like Walmart, you can order online and go pick it up. Mm -hmm. oh, shit, I'm too lazy for that, man. I want freaking... Uh, 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 Amanda, the local to come in. I know her first personally. She can text me, even though they tell you they're coming. And you save ridiculous amount of money. And, and then if you get an Amazon uh, card, uh, you get a 5% kickback in cash yeah. money. So mm -hmm. uh, you, you sort of, it's the best of, of all worlds. Their problem is, is that their costs have escalated mm -hmm. uh, to, to the point that, that, you know, the gas, the driving, the, you know, the, um, 
electronics, yada, 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 uh, and wages and benefits yeah. uh, have gone up faster. I mean, you know, I, I'm saying that somebody, um, I can't remember, it was Paul Dale or someone who, who said that we're living in the post-pandemic weird economy. And it it truly is. I've been talking today with uh, on other stuff about how, for instance, the the uh, 10-month moving average back to 1960 for the stock market, once you get above that and stay above it for five trading days, that has been historically meaning that the bear market's over. And of course, we got close to it, and then we just fail back again today. But what I don't understand, and I don't think anybody should come up with some of the new matrix, how can you compare one period to another period when you had a global pandemic, World War III, China, the second largest economy, closed down for three years. There's the, the, the historical. How do you compare? Yeah, are, are just out the window. It, it, you, right. you can't. You can't do it. Then the other thing I found was interesting is that you know we created these new investors and, and you know Nicole manages big money, but for the you know the FOMO, YOMO, and and YOLO crew, we opened up 17 million accounts with the STEMI checks. And you know, w- w- do you think they were going to be buying Target? Hell no. Remember we had you know SPAC mania. We had reverse SPAC mania. We had you know we had a, a SPAC last week for a for a, a space company that went up 1100%. Yeah. So they're still out there. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, hands, hands hit them to them. Lots of, lots of balls to juggle in the air, no doubt about it. So Nicole, do your clients, are they going to you? They're probably asking questions about the Fed. Everybody wants to know, this market is addicted to every move that the Fed makes, even the Fed speak. I mean, everything that's being spoken uh, as far as giving us clues what they're what they're planning to do. I mean, what do you tell your clients? I mean, are you saying that, okay, we might be seeing uh, rate cuts by the end of the year? I know a lot of Wall Street experts are trying to tell us. No, Nicole is too smart to say we're going to have a freaking rate cut in October because she doesn't smoke the crack that some of our (laughs) investors are. Well, I want to to ask Nicole. You You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, no, we just, uh, I just got off a, a Zoom with a client actually. And um, and it was funny because she's like, how long, how long have you been working together? And I'm like, do you have to remind me? Because we started talking about in 1999 because um, she's got some cash seen elsewhere. And I said, yeah, I remember in 1999, I had 7% CDs for five years and no one wanted that. Take it. Yeah. Like no one wanted them. I had a handful of clients that did and they like loved me, you know, afterwards. After, yes. But yeah, then no one wanted them. And where this conversation came from is, you know, she's like, where are rates? What are things going to happen? And we had sent out an email to all of our clients on Monday of this week of like, okay, here's the market. This is what's going on. You know, I'm always an optimist, but like, you know, things aren't looking that great. Please call us if you've got cash because- with these 4% CDs for just a short period of time, like, why would you not take advantage of that? And so that was the whole conversation that, you know, I don't see rates dramatically going down. We're, we're not, I hate to use the word stable, but we're not stable. And, well, you know, you, know, Nicole, I, you I, make a great, you make a great point. And it's been interesting over like the last two weeks to hear people say, you know, if I buy a six month T-bill or a one year T-bill, like I have, I have a client who Annie, Annie from Sayas at New York, who is as conservative as you possibly can be. And she says, Toby, we made all this money in the last two, three years. Why, why, why do we have 40% of, of my uh, holdings in the two-year uh, bonds and then a little bit of preferred? Just because you're guaranteed to get your money back that you put in. 
you're locking in five and a half percent rate and it's tax advantage. I mean, people forget that, that you know, when you get to treasury interest in particularly states like she's at, that you don't pay income tax on it, you, you defer tax on the, the after-tax return is more than the inflation rate, which is hardly ever, you know, happens. And the after-tax rate is certainly more than what we project because I, you know, I've been pretty strong in saying that 3,200 was was sort of the bottom where, where earnings power and then rates. But to Nicole's point, do these investment managers, do they listen to the Fed? I mean, how many times can you, you know, read my lips? We're not moving <laughs> to a 3% inflation. We can't yeah. do that. Otherwise, as, and this is my uh, scientific term, Nicole, the bond market would shit the bed. <laughs> because all of a sudden now you'd say, all right, we, well, I don't know, these guys are out of control. So we're just going to sell bonds. And people, most people don't understand it when you actually have more sellers than buyers and bonds, the interest rates go up. So now all of a sudden you have a feed, negative feedback loop for more inflation, not less inflation, right? So that's not going to happen. So okay. I, my number is now 6%, Todd. I mean, we've been at five to uh, five and a quarter to five and a half, but I'm now at five at 6% is the, is the uh, Fed funds rate. Yeah. Uh, China is coming back and they've had three years of doing nothing. They're sitting on $1.4 trillion of household money. People who haven't spent much time in China don't quite realize it. You know, in China, when you go to buy a house, you pay cash, the cash that you saved to buy a house. There's very yeah. few. And now you got, they finally got all this money. They've been locked down. You, can, you couldn't do anything. So when those people start spending, when the businesses start spending, and then, you know, having a communist party rule the whole thing the banks will go crazy. You're going to see a resurgence in, in China, and that's going to be inflationary to the United States and the EU. Because by the way, right. they're going to buy a boatload of our oil and our natural gas and our LPG, all of yeah. which were along all those tankers, Nicole, and we're only up 45% owning tankers at a 3PE paying you know, 12 to 18% dividends. Okay. I, Okay. I wouldn't overthink this. Mark well, the six percent. Mark, Mark, that's right. Okay, I got that. And a six percent Fed funds target. I have to tell you, I'm not familiar with anybody on Wall Street that has come out with that high of a number. If if they are, I mean, maybe they are. I just haven't heard from them, Toby. That's a hot take. That's what we call in show business a hot take, hot Toby. It's very good. That well, I'm an analyst. Good, so. I'm not in show business, Todd. But uh, Dan. Uh, <laughs> Dan Niles and I uh, are uh, very simpatico on this. And if you go to danniles.com, you can see uh, his rationale on, which is pretty much uh, as mine is. But yeah. the other thing, you know, again, Nicole, is you got to, uh, you have to handicap inflation. I'm looking at, you know, uh, I'm looking at numbers today. Service wages are up 7.1% year over year, and they don't go down. They only go down in one way. <laughs> When you have a recession. So unless somebody thinks we're going to have an actual real recession, interest rates are going to stay high because, you know, they can't like, you know, robo print people. They can't uh, 3D robo print workers. And as long as you're going to have 10 jobs for five labor uh, people in labor force, yeah. there's only one way you can get to 2% and that's to create a recession. Well, let's let's leave much. it. It's been great let's leave that. That's right. Your, your work is done here. Let's leave it at that block because I want to follow up with that when we get back after the break with Nicole, wondering what her thoughts are about a possible recession. Because last time you were on the show, Nicole, you were very, very optimistic, much more optimistic than Toby and I combined. So definitely want to get your thoughts on that. Well, then she so, went to Mexico and got a tan, and now she's dour. I love it. There, I love it. there you go. There you go. That's just, everybody in Minnesota has got me crazy jealous of you right now. So that's awesome. So listen, uh, we'll be right back with Nicole Middendorf from Cross the Wall Financial. Please stick with us. We'll be back right after the break. Whoa. 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 
Hold Cell Live, brought to you by Transformity Research. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transform, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American Maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. As we close out the month of February, we see the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 4% for the month. We're actually down at a loss. We're down 1% here today. Tell you, four weeks ago, nobody would have expected that, but we'll see. Maybe we'll better times will be ahead. Who knows? But uh, well, we welcome back Nicole Middendorf uh, from Prosper Well Financial. And Nicole, we close out the last block really talking about a little bit about the recession fears. You have the recession fears. You obviously have the higher interest rates that we have to worry about, whether we're going to have a soft landing, a hard landing, no landing. I mean, who knows what it is? Where do, you, where do you stand on all of this? What are you telling your clients? Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't feel very positive for this whole year. Like every time I turn around and get, I mean, I had two of them today. It's uh, referrals of people in high, high, high paid positions that were laid off. 
And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I feel like every time I turn around, there's more and more layoffs and people are already feeling the pinches already when they're out shopping, you're feeling the pinches in the, you know, anyone in the mortgage and real estate world is, is panicking like no tomorrow. And so that's where like, there's one, you have this general fear and fear is never a good emotion to live by because you never, I mean, that's in my opinion, one of the great jobs of a financial advisor is to like separate your emotions from your finances, but people are living in so much fear already. And I just mean, the only thing that we have going for us is few companies here and there having great earnings, (laughs) really. I mean, I don't like you look at things internationally, you look at prices of things, you look at inflation, you look at where rates are, you look at the average consumer overspending, you add layoffs into that. Like that's, that's not, not an R word. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, that's a bleak picture. I want right? to see, see if Nicole can frown because even when she's giving <laughs> bad news, she's smiling. I, you know, I, it's like a, ugh, pop but, but dude, but the thing with that is because the last time you were on, you were very optimistic. I mean, it was like this things with markets are doing great with bear market rally, boom, boom, boom. And uh, your to reverse course makes me very nervous because Toby and I turned to you for that optimistic <laughs> side. And we're not getting it from you. Yeah, so that, we're going to call. Be, Don't call us. We'll concern. call you. That's cause for concern on our end. So, <laughs> so, so, but last year, let me ask you about this because last year you were very successful with the energy sector. You, uh, the Dow Jones Oil and Gas Index was up fifty six percent last year, just eye popping numbers. It was the best performing sector on all of Wall Street. Toby, I know you're a big energy bull. Um, I'm, I'm sure you still are for 2023. But Nicole, what do you think? No, what actually, I'm not, Todd. Oh, you're not. Oh, okay. I mean, well, please explain to yeah, the audience. Well, I mean, two, two things. First off, since I'm twice as old as both of you, when when the Russia invaded uh, Ukraine and we knew that there'd be no more uranium ex- exports, there'd be no more nitrogen, fertilizer, yada, 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 we packed into that stuff, but particularly right. natural gas. Well, this is what I try to tell people all the time. If you bought like one of our energy trusts that's just natural gas, this is a trust that pays dividends. At that time, it was like, 13%. And that trust, a little sleepy trust, goes up 300%. Or the natural gas uh, EQT, which is the biggest uh, natural gas play in the United States, goes up 250%. In four months, unless you're Kathy Wood and you don't understand how to sell things, you've made, you know, the average, depending on how you do uh, your math, is from 2010 to 2022, the, the QQQ went up 15% a year and the average, you know, S&P 500 was 10% a year. So let's just take those 10 years. Divide by 10, 300% on a natural gas stock. And you made 30 years of wealth in four months. And if you're still holding on to that, if you don't think that was an aberration of an aberration, then you have no business running your own money. You should have someone like this young lady call you up and say, hey, Tove, you know, uh, you know those energy stocks that are up, uh, you know, 80% and Oxy and Exxon and Chevron, the, 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 you know, the, the largest and the safest. We're going to trim some of that because you just made 10 years of wealth in six months. That is not usual. Now, am I putting words in your mouth, Nicole? No, I mean, that's our philosophy. It's like the whole goal is buy low, sell high. And so same thing, you know, when we took a position in energy, you know, that was the best phone call to make to clients is, hey, you know, we're going to take 50,000 off the table that you've made and put that into a a three-month CD making you 4%. And absolutely, I mean, you want, you know, if you take 10 grand, put it 
it into something and it turns 20, take your 10 grand off the table and do something else with it. It's the simple philosophy of what you're supposed to do on Vegas. It's the same thing of what you're supposed to do with your investing. Well, well, Todd, here's here's one that I've uh, today that I I love that uh, somebody wrote. So we always talk about alpha, the idea that you can outperform the market. Um, There's even a website seeking alpha, right? But but risk management is now the new alpha uh, because risk management would make you lower your risk, take uh, those profits, build cash. Right. Um, and, you know, for 12 years, free money, quantitative easing all the place, $6 trillion of money, all that. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. Look at my gigantic <laughs> noggin. It's over. <laughs> and you have to change your investment strategy. And by the way, uh, my favorite other one this week was uh, J- Steve Jobs said some very nice things about my old company, ChangeWave Research, about how we find, you know, transformational change, right? Well, the other thing Steve Jobs used to say all the time was, hey, guess what, Toby? strategy is figuring out what not to do. We always think about strategy as like what to do. But in essence, his his thing was, I, I want to, when we came up with the iPhone, we were, our strategy was to do the things we shouldn't do. Yeah. And, and and right now, alpha outperforming the market requires active management, not just sitting around. You know, I'm I'm Warren Buffett, and I'm gonna you know I'm never lose money, and and that's a different regime. And I think over the year we've been doing this almost. I mean, it feels like five years, Todd, but I know it's almost a year. Um, <laughs> we uh, we've been saying it's a new day, it's a new regime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time we had 500, you know, five percent of federal rate hikes was uh, when I started on Wall Street in 1980. And um, uh, you don't invest yeah. the same way. And if you could get risk-free, like today we bought uh, uh, the six-month uh, T-bills and locked in 5.7%. And yeah, yeah, no risk golden. to get your money it's, back. It's golden. It's definitely is. Well, we well we had um, Bloomberg's Fernando Valley on yesterday. He's the senior oil and gas analyst at Bloomberg. And he came right out and said, oil's down because of the economy with this fear that we could be heading to to really dark times for the U.S. economy, it's just taking a lot longer than I think a lot of strategists and uh, economists had predicted. So, I mean, when you hear that, that says to me that that might be an area that we might want to um, we might want to uh, rethink of. So, what about when you're Nicole? When your clients are coming to you, though, I mean, here you had this great trade last year. You know, success breeds more success. I mean, what are you telling them? Just look at those treasuries and just stick there, or you're thinking elsewhere? I mean, right now, like I. I just want, I'm kind of in wait and see mode, you know, okay. reallocating, making sure that everyone's set from a protection planet planning standpoint, like Tobin was saying, you know, risk management is the game right now. You know, as we get closer to the middle end of the year, that's where, you know, I'll probably know a little bit more of like, okay, gosh, like, but it's not technology. <laughs> it's not, yeah. you know, it's not energy, you know, yeah. you know when you look at you know, raising rate environments, like you're like, ah, should I do some financials? But it's like, why would you do that? You know, like Tobin just said, when you can get over 5% for six months, like it's just not, it's not worth the risk to try to like roll the dice and pick something when there's just so much in the market, as you guys know, and everyone knows, like uncertainty. And there's so much uncertainty out there. Yeah. So let me, go ahead. You know, the bullish story is uh, we, uh, Nicole, I recently uh, sold my uh, financial publishing company to a much larger company. And uh, now I'm on Slack all day, by the way. And, um, but <laughs> in, in, in coming up with, you know, themes, et cetera. I go back to 2000 when I started ChangeWave Research, and it was basically driven by the internet and internet stocks. You know, I call that a Viagra, tra- you know, chart. By the way, um, just went crazy. So uh, 
you know, we sold them. And what did we do? The world had changed. China had just come in. We were in a bear market 2000 to 2003. But shockingly, we made 25, 30% annual returns buying silly things called energy trusts and, and you know, Canadian royalty trusts and so on and so forth. Uh, the, the strategy changes. Now, the other thing is you can make great money in a bear market because to your point, the whole idea is to buy low and then sell high. And shockingly, it's not buy high and sell higher. And that's what that's the buy the dip that worked for 12 years. But I'm excited about getting opportunities in real companies. Um, you know, AI, for instance, you know, this crazy thing, the, the chat GPT, et cetera. You know, don't get confused by that. The companies that are applying AI um, are th this is going to be a 90 billion a year industry by 2025, 2026. It's now about a 30 billion dollar industry. Where do those billions go now? They go to NVIDIA because they have the GPU chip that allows you to, to do this. It goes to the data center company that runs this. Now now it's starting to matriculate, as all new technologies do, into other companies. We just bought a company I can't talk about because it's it's a microcap uh, company, but they apply AI to warehouse picking. You're sitting there in your bob and you got to fill up your, your you know your Amazon basket, etc. And they take you to the exact right places, and it cuts down time about 35%, which in the warehouse business is a big bit. It's just AI. So there's a lot of yeah. exciting things underneath the the tempo here, but you know. You can't fight the Fed, right? When it's going up, you can't fight the Fed when it's you know when their rates are going up. Let, let's let's pivot off of that on the AI though, because I because that that's a topic we could be on a show for three yeah. hours talking about this. So, but I, I do want to ask you this, Nicole, because Toby and and we had Mitch Rochelle on the on the show last week, and Toby and Mitch really got into real estate, really talking about you know apartments and um and commercial real estate, which is a no no, obviously. What what's it like there in Minnesota though? I mean, you still have a boom population. I mean, is it is the real estate sector? Is it really bad? I mean, I know with higher it, interest rates, it may be. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> the, oh. the mortgage brokers, we have lots of clients that are mortgage brokers and realtors, and they are all like panicking and hurting and pulling money from their accounts because right, they need right. it. Um, I yeah. own a 9,000 square foot commercial building and um, part of the building, part of upstairs, I've got a tenant in there that is a mortgage company that's moving out. Yeah. So oh. I have eight offices. Where do you think I'm going to find someone in this kind of environment that needs eight offices? Cross talk so media. <laughs> <laughs> so I have um, people coming and giving me bids. I'm going to paint it, you know, and fancy it up a little bit. And I am doing executive office suites yeah. and, and building up, you know, and so did I ever think that I would become in the, you know, we work world yes. or have another entity, you know, helping other small businesses get going or, you know, giving, providing people an opportunity to, if right. they're working right. at home, like to have that privacy and that, you know, I mean, we're seeing tons of, commercial buildings becoming apartments um, because people really can't go and buy that house anymore because one, most of the time people don't have enough cash to put down. Two, the interest rates are so high. And then these commercial buildings, you know, they're not, especially, unfortunately, 
you know, downtown Minneapolis, like, you know, the effects of George Floyd, like all of that stuff, like yeah. people do not, people do not want to be downtown and they don't want to be in the city. So. Yeah. Hey, Nicole, I, I've always had a uh, little thing that I've done with friends. I came from Southern California I and mean, every other person I know was a mortgage broker, right? In Southern California. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when I moved to DC, it was the same thing. Every, you know, every guy at my golf club is a mortgage broker, right? Because, you know, things were ripping and it was great. And I, I always said, I remember Bob Pearsall, Bob Pearsall, look at me, write this down. The mortgage cycle goes up and the mortgage cycle goes down. What you want to do is put as much cash away as you can while it's ripping and you're making, you know, 50, 100 grand a month. Yep. Build that cash. And then when rates grow up and all the other guys start puking up their office space and their mortgage brokers, you go in and now, and that's how you grow your business. And Bob sold his company later to those big guys, uh, Rocket Mortgage. And he went from two people to 400 people simply wow. by following that that tactic, which was don't believe your own bullshit. The yeah. freaking mortgage rates are going to uh, go up and the houses don't go up forever. You reach a puke point, right? I'm just looking at this. Apartment rents fall as new wave of supply hits the, I guess my my it's blurry, Toby. Oh, my blurry thing, yeah. Blurry. I, I don't know which button. I need button some new glasses. Yeah, it's either I get this good look or I get blur. I don't know how to do both. Um, <laughs> but the stickiest part of inflation is shelter costs. The second stickiest, stickiest, stickiest part are service wages, since we have a 72% uh, economy that's based on services. So that's why the people who are smoking the crack, thinking that somehow the federal is going to start cutting rates in this October, don't understand that all of this inflation is year over year. It's not month by month. You do it year over year. That's how it works. You're going to get to this 6%-ish Fed, right? The market is going to come down as an index. Inside the sectors, you're going to find some very attractive opportunities that pay dividends. But I'm with Nicole. I'm 40 brain. We've been in a lot of cash for the last, well, since January 2022. And But we've made serious capital gains enough that our, you know, our average return has been 20, 30% because we took advantage of those crazy oil things, those crazy natural gas things, et cetera. But that's tactical. And, uh, you know, it's not buy and hold and just buying an index doesn't work uh, if if you're if you're in the same place everybody else because when people all have to sell Todd they have to all sell from the same place too and, and that's yeah you got that right yeah that's absolutely true so all right well Nicole any final uh, words uh, before we close out the show today did we bum you out Nicole no I would just say I wish Tobin what you were talking about with with mortgage brokers packing away the cash I wish the average American would do that too. When times are good, like you need to make sure that you have that liquid money for those layoffs and those things. Well, you know, never, no one ever conceived of any layoffs. I mean, other than, you know, in the pandemic, then we got, you know, money from heaven. So it sort of took away from that, but um, in a, in a contraction and we, it's hard to have a recession when you have 10 jobs for every five people, very hard. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. You're right what, about that. What the fed doesn't say, Todd, is that when, when the, they turn the camera off and the recorder off, is that the only way we could get to two, percent inflation is to have a recession, particularly in service jobs. We have to destroy sort of 3 million jobs. By the way, did you see the numbers that one and a half million kids, 18 to 27, aren't working either? They're just yeah. playing, you know, Call of Duty and their parents, you know, basement. <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably by choice then. 
Yeah. Not my kids though. My oh, kids I know. are working. Oh, your yeah, kids are getting so. scholarships for lacrosse. Oh my God. There you go. <laughs> it's also say. things have changed. It's also things have changed too. Like kids are making money differently. Like kids are making money online and Instagram and Twitter. Influencers and, 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 yeah. and I mean films. my son, he makes money gaming. Like yeah. it's very awesome. different. Well, that That's is awesome. That, that that is amazing. I I you know, we used to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to bet money on chess. That's how I made money in the game. <laughs> so Toby's an influencer. So yeah, that, I'm, that's well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just feeling old right now. Can we end this so I can go? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. For the audience, go to prosperwell.com for more information on Nicole Middendorf and talk to her. And or if you need an office Or if you need an office. That's right. Cross Tech Media is moving to Minnesota. Pack your bags, Toby. <laughs> Good stuff. So listen, on behalf of Tobin Smith and Nicole Middendorf, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thanks again for joining us today for Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. I want you to smash that like button. (laughs) A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.